0: Well, welcome to the Light Reading podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, senior editor at Light Reading,
1: and I'm Lou Borelli, the CEO of NCTC, now known as the National Content and Technology Cooperative.
0: Right. Well, Lou, thanks a lot for uh, for being here. I really appreciate the time. Uh, we're going to get into the uh, the name change a little bit, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so we're we're talking, I think, about a week or so. After the uh, the Independent Show, right? So, uh, you know, how did it feel to to kind of be back in person? You know, with that group. You know, it's it's been a long time since we've had you know some industry events with with everybody together like that.
1: Right. You know, it's the ind the Independent Show is really the last standing old school cable show. It's mm-hmm. the only one that combines programming and technology just like the good old days and it had that feel to it i have to admit you know when i got the job a year and change ago i wasn't that familiar with the show and of course i hosted it virtually last year Uh, but on paper to me anyway it looked much smaller than it actually was and i was surprised by that i i I so
0: what do you mean by that
1: well you know the the overall numbers you know roughly a thousand attendees Mm -hmm. when you combine members vendors family members is a significant number when we go to disney um you know it probably was more than that but i'm just rounding off Mm -hmm. and and in in my head that's sort of like a small ctam summit in the 90s right it's not (laughs) really it didn't even reach that i mean the summit that i Shared in San Francisco was like 2,800. It was like their all-time record. Anyhow, when I walked the floor the day before, when it was still being constructed, I was like, "Holy crap, this is pretty big," you know. Yeah. And then I went into the main room, which is interesting because of the logistics and all. People are sitting at tables; they're not sitting in rows. And and I right, thought you to myself, "Fill the room,
0: <laughs> yes." Right?
1: Yes. And so I really um, that really spoke to me. The fact that there was all these this pent up energy for wanting to reconnect, for finding out what everybody's been up to. You know, we we presented, I think, a very good, wide ranging array of topics. We intermixed some significant members who were making some progress and new things. Um, I think, you know, look, we got we just got the first run of scores on our post-show research. It was ranked very high, you know, 98 percent top two boxes. You don't get much better than that. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, in a nutshell. It overperformed. you know, it over delivered to me. I, I didn't expect it. And I think what I also didn't expect was the level and the layers of relationships that this community called the, the independent show um, fosters and you know look it was my first in right. person uh, funny thing is it was grant's first too the new ceo of aca see but i mean yeah. wow i, I was um, it sort of changed my focus on what the show is and then what it could be going forward as you know, as we pivot, as the industry pivots, I think it's going to be great.
0: Right. And when you're talking about like kind of that uh, old school cable show feeling, <laughs> the uh, I remember, you know, uh, there were days when a lot of deals would actually get done, you know, yeah. on the show floor. And then, you know, that kind of changed, I think, you know, toward the, you know, the later days of like the uh, – you know, the national cable show and so forth, you know, it was more of a a showcase, you know, of what the industry was doing and and maybe less deal making. Uh, You know, did you see, see a lot of that kind of activity going on, you know, at your event?
1: I I would say that I remember, and I was part of those days when you'd literally tee up deals to be signed with announcements But that was at a time when so much was being done, so many deals, you know, and and so many launches and so many new breakthroughs, because it was all new that it made total sense. And I think now the um, the way the show is set up and the way we're set up, we're you know, we we work at this every day. I mean, there's there's a lot of things. There's a lot of moving parts to come to an agreement with either a programming supplier or a technology partner where it's not it's not that simple and to have a signing isn't really mean the same thing as it did before because let's yeah. remember this is a cooperative of 700 plus members i cannot direct them to buy anything add or delete anything it's up to them so we could sign a deal but until everybody goes through and decides yay or nay you have no idea what the size of the deal is you don't know what the impact would be right because we used
0: to yeah because we would you know especially with the nctc we would you know i don't know if this is like a term that that kind of still gets used but it would always be like there there would be a deal done and it would be kind of a uh, quote-unquote hunting license yeah, uh, you know, for the uh, programmer or the tech supplier, you know, whoever is doing the right. deal with the NCTC, and it was kind of up to the uh, the programmer, the supplier, to kind of go out to the the NCT community and, and get them signed on. And I imagine that's that's the same as it is today, it,
1: right? It's yeah. similar, but to be honest, it's a much more cooperative venture. Not to make a pun out of our our name, <laughs> but it's true yeah. that we do a lot of work on behalf of the partner in order to market to our members i mean that's part of what we are creating with this with this new approach to purchasing for hardware and technology and it's something that we've always done with programming i mean it's you have to i think do right by your partners you can't just you know negotiate a, a transaction take the money off the table, and then leave it up to them. I don't think that's, that's, that's good business. I also think that the members rely on us to take a position on, is this a good deal? Why is this a good deal? Why is this something that we should support? And, you know, on the programming side, Judy and her team have been fabulous. I mean, our renewals generally in the high 90s, and those that are dropping out are those that are kind of migrating off of linear cable to uh, an IPTV product or something else. So right. from a standpoint of content, um, the deals are strong. The distribution continues to decline because that's the trend that's going on in the industry.
0: Right. Interesting. All right. Well, good. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about, too, was uh, like kind of a big announcement at the show at the event was the name change that we talked about a little bit right. up front. Yeah, from the National Cable Television Cooperative to the National Content and Technology Cooperative. Right. So, I think we mm-hmm. had some fun, you know, on our end, you know, about how, you know, the term, the word cable, the term cable is kind of becoming uh, passe. But um, I mean, what, what's been the reac- the reaction to that? Has anyone been on the fence about it or? was the reaction mostly hey this was an overdue change to make
1: yeah well i think i think a lot of people felt like it was overdue Um, i haven't had any negative feedback about the name Mm. i think the fact that we kept the acronym the same to me was important and trying and while doing that trying to back into what is it that we do we still do a lot of content it may not be the future, from a revenue-generating standpoint, um, although that remains to be seen, I think we could be, come back to that later. And then, from a technology standpoint, certainly all of the things that we're doing now to leverage the collective asset of the what we call the you know the network is huge. I mean, we have more broadband customers than any cable company in the U.S we're in a third of all connected households we're in all 50 states and US territories that has never been fully leveraged and or monetized and so when I when I came I looked at it I mean this is a true story I you know I first get there and I say you know can I get a sort can I get just a list of all our members and all their customer accounts and I was like and they're like, sure. So I went through the list and, you know, we have some very big members and we have some very small members. And I said, so these are the video customers. And which is the way that the the co-op had always viewed the hierarchy. It was only through video customers because of its origins, right? So All I right. said, well, what about broadband? And they're like, well, we don't really collect that a lot. I was like, um, okay, well, we need to start collecting. So show me what you got. And let's figure out how to get the ones that we don't have and so the um the early total was like in the 40s it was like 44 million i'm like no nah, that can't be right
0: yeah it's like somebody double check this math would you
1: it yeah. wasn't well you know because we have multiple companies within a company you know you have right. you know you know how many MediaCom llcs there are i mean so you sort <laughs> of you don't quite you know i'm using that as an example but there are many others and so it's just like anything else if you don't ask for it consistently and if you have no good purpose for asking you don't usually get it i mean it's just the way it is in life so we've um we tighten our belt a little on how we collect the data and it it came up around 34 million and it was at a time when just prior comcast had required a quarterly of like 33 and change. I'm like, hey, fellas, this is what we have to lead with because it's what will get people's attention to the, you know, the mantra that we came up with was very simple. We're open for business. You know, we're open for business. The co-op has enough clout and enough distribution and enough presence and enough of these 50 states that we should be seated at the adult table and try to become the voice for that small independent operator even though we've got some big ones but our our point is is that we can be an active part of the innovation that's going on because we are everywhere that the big c's aren't in a large respect if you look at a coverage map of Comcast and Charter, and you'll see there's a, it's like a donut, and then you put our map in, and even though we have a lot of overlap, I mean, we are in an overbill situation with both of those companies and a number of markets, but yeah. the bulk of it is unduplicated, and it's the hole to the donut.
0: Interesting, well, in, when you talk about like this, this big number, right, this big scaled number, particularly with broadband customers, how uh, difficult or easy has it been to kind of get everybody, not not to use the old uh, canoe idea, but, you know, kind of like rowing in the same direction, right? Because everybody has, you know, different priorities possibly or, uh, you know, a focus of one yep. operator is going to be different than another and, and to kind of get them together to, uh, you know, work collectively towards some of these goals. Um, right
1: yeah so i'll i'll use i'll use a boating analogy since i'm sitting on a boat in a harbor in massachusetts and we just charted a new path down in orlando so i've got to stick with it so if you look (laughs) at the co-op we are a collection of people who can make way on the water we have power boaters we have sailboats we have canoes we have kayaks we have stand-up paddle boards we have a wide range of members now, what's common is they float on the water and they want to get from point A to point B. But how they do it and the manner in which they do it is very different. And so our job is to provide options that are most compatible with the bulk of our members wishes, because we can't just have one solution for everybody. We'll, ne- we'll always – I mean – much to the chagrin of some of our partners who say like, well why do you need another xyz i'm like because i don't really i'm not really comfortable with having just one and so on the odd chance that we end up with a primary provider in a particular category we'll always ask for a wide level of options within that program or that product so that the small guys aren't priced out so that mm-hmm. There's simplicity for those people who need it. And I think that that's, that's kind of the way it is. Um, I don't know if anybody ever really went after it from that point of view. And frankly, there weren't the opportunities that provided that common you know, body of water. I mean, yeah. the networks are the body of water. Everybody's got one. They're in various sizes and shapes and colors, but everybody who is in this business owns a network and they're trying to monetize it to the fullest extent possible. And what we have to do is provide them with some direction, some strategy, some tools, products, technology, leverage relationships, marketing opportunities, you know, you name it, that's what we're supposed to do. That's that is what we're supposed to do. And I think I think for the most part, we're doing a pretty good job. I'd like to say that. Everybody's on board, but everybody, not everybody joined the co-op for the same reason. And we have members who are very comfortable, you know, signing up for our, our programming deals. They buy very little from us outside of that. We don't really hear from them much. They don't attend the shows because primarily they're small and They don't have a budget or they don't have the staff. And I get that. We're not going to reject somebody because they're too small. But for those that are in that sweet spot where they're emerging, where they're investing real money, they're doubling down on fiber and and, and such, I want them to be more involved. I want to get them, you know, I want to get them at the table too, because too often you find yourself in meetings. And I've said this to my own team we talk to ourselves a lot, you know, it's like we decide, oh, the, this the, or- is a- the
0: organization yeah. or the industry. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> let's start with the organization. I'm not going to yeah. presume that the industry talks to itself too much, <laughs> but, but yeah. from our standpoint, it was, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, we got to test drive this. And you know, our board is split. We have large, medium, small, and extra small. And we try to, keep that balance going through you know recruitment and and you know replacing members who or board members who you know turns time out that kind of thing but there's a bunch of people that are doing really good things that we don't we don't talk to or we haven't talked to enough and so trying to solve that is like that's that's a pretty significant challenge
0: right well, you know, we, we you talked about the board, right? And the board sets the tone, right, for what the organization is focusing on, what you're prioritizing and so forth. You have a lot of mm-hmm. different voices in there from uh, different size operators. And, uh, yep. you know, kind of coming out of the show then, um, I mean, did you, were there any, we're going to talk about some of your big initiatives that you're, you have underway, but are there, were there any big yeah. surprises or big issues that came up that might need to be added you know, to the the near-term agenda that you didn't know about, you know, here over the last year uh, or so? I I wouldn't
1: say that. I wouldn't say that. You know, we had a strategy meeting last October that laid out our goals and objectives for the year. The, um, we, we developed a whole bunch of ideas. We vetted them with the board and then we came back with what we felt was our best Concept for what 2022 is going to be. It matched up to the budget, and the board blessed it. So now, um, without you know divulging a lot of private information, everything that we're doing is on track. Good, good year-over-year year growth, hitting I'd say most, nearly all of our targets halfway through the year. The thing that was the surprise, and it wasn't from the show, it was after our first quarter board meeting was, well, what are we gonna do with MVNO? You know, MVNO started gaining traction after that first, well, it was it would have been the annual results for Comcast and Charter of 21, and then hearing what their growth was for coming into at 22, and so, I remember distinctly in the early days when I got there, plus, you know, leading up to that strategy meeting, well, is anybody interested in us going down the VNO and o road? And there wasn't much. I mean, they were interested, but it wasn't a, it wouldn't rise to the level of, oh my gosh, we really need to get going. Mm-hmm. So when it came up, I was a little bit surprised, but look, you know, this industry has always been about You know, what are, what are your peers doing or what are your competitors doing? And, you know, to their credit, because I, you know, I wasn't around the last few years in the industry when they were birthing, you know, this whole mobile side of the industry. To their credit, they did all the heavy lifting, did all the hard work. They make, their work makes it easy for guys like us to get in the business and they should get credit for that. Right. Um, But I think, um. It's sort of obvious now, right, that this was something that we might have given more attention to sooner. But the honest truth is, is that the two guys that do our technology, um, Jared and Zach, we call them Jay-Z. It's just easier. Um, They've had these conversations for the better part of two to three years. They know all the players. You know, they're sort of curating relationships. And so we've been able to move, I'd say relatively quickly to get to a place where we think we have a good structure for a, a deal going forward. We're still in our you know final diligence phase and the board will have to weigh in on that. And, and we will bring the, them up to speed. We actually have a board meeting next week. And so we will bring them up to speed on where we are. We'll uh, let them, you know as they're right, they're, let them poke holes in it, shoot it up, make it Swiss cheese. Figure out, you know, were there any things that we missed, and um, we'll bring it to the end, uh, hopefully soon. And, and then it'll have to go to the board for a vote because the potential impact financially is you know meets a threshold where it requires board approval.
0: Right. Well, it's it's interesting how how this kind of ramped up, right? Because to your point, I remember when we talked maybe right after you were in the position of CEO. Uh-huh. And we asked, Hey, you know, what about this, uh, you know, where does mobile kind of fit in? And it's like, well, it might be in an area worth exploring. You know, you weren't just dismissing it. Um, but it yeah. was not, but then, then a year later, it's like, okay, it's like front burner. Well, I, <laughs> can, guarantee, like, I yeah. can
1: guarantee you when you asked me that question, yeah, I had no idea that Jared and Zach had been talking to mobile partners for more than two years. I had oh, no idea. I, okay. I had no idea. And, you know they were doing it because it's what they do you know they, they talk to people about you know new opportunities and and I think that they, they've done a good job and, and so when it was time to get more serious about it, they were ready and um, I'm happy with the progress I think I think people will be pleasantly surprised at what we decide and then then of course it will be up to the members to right. basically vote with their participation mm-hmm. just like with you know connectivity exchange and IP, and transport i mean you know we can only bring the best opportunities that we can create or negotiate with the hopes that you know it, it's it's an offer that they can't refuse
0: Right. And I don't know what you can say at this point, because I know the the last announcement was something about being on track for like fourth quarter to to have something available to members. Um, I I imagine that's still on track. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's still on track.
0: And to your earlier point, too, you know, like you can't, you know, it's not one size fits all with your membership. Um, You know, you talked about the idea of uh, uh, multiple options for larger operators that maybe want to have a little more control versus maybe smaller ones that don't have as much resources, you know, they're looking for a turnkey, you know, super turnkey approach. I mean, is that still the, uh, uh, the aim
1: with this? Yeah. The the deal that we're contemplating is flexible. From the members perspective, they can, they can choose how much or how little they want to actually take on for themselves.
0: Okay. All right, good. Um, now, the other thing, um, you know, we're caught up on the MVNO side. The other thing you mentioned, connect uh, the Connectivity Exchange, and we talked a little bit about that earlier, you know, with the idea to help members participate in these large uh, RFPs for last mile broadband contracts. And I guess the news coming out, coming into the show or in the show was uh, ConnectBase was tied in there to help automate yep. the platform. So the announcement's out, but I wonder know if you could talk a little bit about the role that they're going to play and, and why that's important and, and uh, maybe an update on what's next, you know, for the for the overall initiative.
1: Well, you know, in order to make this work for all the sizes and shapes of members and networks we have, it has to be automated. And the, you know, we already had... I'm not going to get the number exactly right, but I think we already had some six million homes from our co-op in the ConnectBase platform already. Okay. Um, it's a platform that a number of companies are familiar with, and you know they're they're not a uh, they're not an unknown quantity. So the combination of ConnectBase and NewStar is is the bread and butter of the, of the platform. And and what we've ended up with is a way for a, you know, having basically single buyer seller agreements. You can, I I still think we're working at like the, some of the SLAs on the fringe. We're still trying to sort some of that out, but in, in its most simplest form, You put all of your system data, your field data, into the platform. You're able to identify your pricing, and you'll be able to identify buildings, you know, assuming we're talking specifically commercial. You can identify buildings that are on-network and near-network, and those would have different pricing or implications because if people wanted you to deliver service to something near-network, there'd be – some type of a construction charge or something, yeah. unless it was a big enough deal where they were like, "Okay, well, we can absorb that." So there's no real good way to manage this individually, and and what it also ends up is is that we're the, you know, we're we're the single throat to choke. So it's a single it's a single uh, buyer, so to speak, and from a Sellers, you know, from a selling perspective and a buying perspective, you know, get one point of contact for getting the deal done. And then all of the back office of who gets what and how does that get, that's all part of the platform.
0: Interesting. And how, you know, how soon do you think it'll be before members can really take advantage of this, right? Because you've already you know, you have dozens of members already in the program uh, Mm -hmm. and so forth. uh, But as far as when they can participate in RFPs and so forth as this kind of collective approach, how soon will that kind of come uh, together?
1: It really, I hate to say it, but it comes down to the legal paperwork. We're almost done. We, you know, there's a lot of things. It's one of those things where the deeper you get in, the more you realize you you haven't identified every little thing. So we're building it cautiously because we don't have to go back and try to undo something or fix something. Um, but I suspect, we're talking 60 to 90 days where we'll have active customers. Okay. Now here's the thing though. and, And this is, this is, this is the thing though, just because we're all there, we don't really control this, the selling process, right? It's like people have to decide, well, I want to do this in this market. We can respond with the best possible deal. That doesn't mean we win. So I think, you know, while I'm very optimistic about what we can do, the, the honest truth is once you get out of major markets or key cities, the success aspect for the smaller guys will be hard to predict but i think the but i think the the way that it's set up and how people can set their pricing and be responsive within their market i think gives them the best chance for success
0: right but at least they can be opportunistic
1: Yes. That's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. And our larger members, they already do wholesale deals. I mean, we'll have people within the co-op that will be both buyers and sellers. Okay. Which I okay. think is great. All right.
0: Well, last question I had, just I'm just out of curiosity, right? So you're uh, – we're, we're together here. You're on a boat, right? So just curious, mm-hmm. how are you uh, connecting in here? What's, uh, how, how are you uh, getting access well, from
1: there? I am on my, I'm going to make a plug here. I'm on my <laughs> AT&T iPhone as a hotspot connected to my MacBook Pro. Um, you know, when you, you sail around like I do, I mean, that's sort of my, my therapy, so to speak. Um, you realize that Marina or Mooring Field Wi-Fi is a significant opportunity because there isn't any really good Wi-Fi around. I mean, I'm, I've gone in some of the best areas in and around the country and even internationally. And it's amazing how they equate good Wi-Fi to the strength of the signal, not the actual bandwidth. Oh, I see. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah. this works for me. I mean, I, when I'm, you know, the, uh, when I first got the job, I was in Kansas three weeks out of every month for the first four months. And I had already sold my house on Nantucket. So the only place I had to come home to, quote unquote, and, you know, see my family and do whatever I needed to do was the boat. So I was working from the boat from day one. And, hmm. you know, unless my friends, because I'm on my way to Nantucket tomorrow and Unless my realtor doesn't let me use his conference room for my board meeting next week, um, I'll be doing it from the boat because the connection's good.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, the, the connection survived our whole discussion here. So yeah, uh, that's good news. Maybe yeah. it'll be good enough for a board meeting. We'll see. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I did all one last year on it. They right. thought I was crazy. All right, they're like, "You're on a what?"
0: <laughs> well, that's why right. I, I, I was like, "Do you have a satellite link?" I don't. You know, the the, no. the latency was I mean, good. Know, so
1: funny thing. Yeah. In the boating community, everybody is so excited for Musk's, you know, low orbiting, blah blah blah. <laughs> and yeah. I had to tell him, you understand that when the boat is moving, it doesn't work, right? It's not one of those satellite tracker things that you see the big yachts have for like TV and for. It's yeah. a fixed, it's a fixed product, and if you go more than a mile or two offshore, you don't get anything. It's yeah. very much close to the, to the, uh, well, maybe, the
0: maybe they, they will provide an answer. Right. Cause I know that, that they're looking into, uh, like a moving vehicle, uh, sort of approach, a yeah, yeah, sure the mobile can. thing. We'll see. I'm maybe sure that'll be an can. option, but, uh, yeah, I hear what you're yeah. saying.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, for me, I feel a little guilty. You know, there's a small TV on this boat and I have a, a digital antenna up on the mast. So, if I'm within fifty miles or so, uh, maybe even seventy-five, um, I can pick up off-air pretty easily.
0: Oh, okay, all the way out there. So, okay,
1: so right. I can so I can do that. Like I'm in Martha's Vineyard now. It's not that far from you know Cape Cod, and I I pick up Boston channels down here okay. on my boat, which is all weird. Right. But so you're okay. able to
0: stay connected in all sorts of ways. Yeah, all right. yeah. good deal. All right. Well, great. Well, hopefully you'll, uh, the, uh, cellular will stay strong for your uh, board meeting. We'll, we'll, uh, be hopeful on that, but, uh, okay. I think that's where we're going to leave it for today. But, uh, you know, Lou, it was great to, to have you here today. Thanks for running through, uh, an update on, uh, you know, what, what's new at NCTC and look forward to staying in touch with you.
1: Well, I appreciate what you guys are doing and, um, you know, not to over, over promote, but you're, your synopsis, your, the last article you, you wrote pre-show, I thought, captured exactly what we want to achieve and where we're headed. And I, and I think that's a testament to your years in the biz, and you understand what's what's real and what's Memorex. So I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> well, thanks, man. That's really nice of you to say. All right. Well, good. We'll look forward to hearing more, you know, as uh, things progress. So
1: good okay. to see you. Thanks, right, Jeff.
0: All right. Thanks. <music>